Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. The FT. Welcome to World Weekly with me, Ben Hall. On the show this week, we'll be looking at the crisis in Iraq and the Blitzkrieg led by the Sunni jihadis spearheaded by the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, known as ISIS. ISIS's lightning offensive has pushed the country to the brink of outright civil war and a return to the murderous sectarian bloodshed that nearly tore it apart in 2006. President Obama is contemplating limited military intervention to take on the terrorists, but only if there are signs that Nouri al-Maliki, Iraq's Shia Prime Minister, does more to reach out to moderate Sunnis and the Kurds. Joining me down the line from Washington is Jeff Dyer, our US diplomatic correspondent, and here in the studio we have Rula Khalaf, the FT's foreign editor, and Guy Chazan, energy correspondent. Rula, can I come to you first? It's been a remarkable offensive by ISIS. They're fighting on a whole number of fronts. Have they still got the momentum, do you think? Or are we now seeing a real fight back by the Iraqi military? I think we're seeing fight back by the Iraqi military in certain areas. They were taken by surprise. They were in shock at the beginning. And the army in Mosul and in surrounding areas in the north essentially melted away. I think since then, the government seems to be in better control of some of its units. And as ISIS starts to get closer to the capital, you have seen a lot more resistance and a lot more fighting. But you have to take into account that ISIS is not working on its own. It's working with elements from insurgents that have been operating in Iraq for over a decade, uh, many of them former Ba'athists. And all these groups are able to operate and to move and to advance a lot more in Sunni areas. Once you get closer to Shia areas, then their advance will be halted. And the Shia militia sort of mobilized by al-Maliki and by the Shia clerics, if you like, have also joined this fight. Are they enough to stop an advance altogether? I think into Shia areas, yes. What the, the worrying thing here is that you will get a lot of sectarian fighting already within Baghdad, which is a mixed city. Um, there are a lot of tensions, especially in Sunni neighborhoods. People are fleeing because they think that they, these areas will become flashpoints. Um, so I think, you know, there's still a long way to go before we see any kind of easing of tensions there. And what about the political support that Maliki has? Is his position solid? I think everyone in Iraq, all the political groups, Sunni, Kurd, but even the other Shia groups have wanted to get rid of Prime Minister Maliki because they think that he's handled the governing of Iraq extremely badly. He's been very sectarian. And the problem that they have today is that it's very difficult to get rid of a prime minister in the middle of a very big crisis. There have been elections recently, and they have been looking for a new prime minister. His bloc won the largest number of seats in the elections. But if everybody else gets together, 
they are in a position to push him out and not to allow him a third term. Jeff, the Americans are stuck with Maliki, aren't they? Are they really in a position to make demands upon him? Well, as you say, they're in a very, very difficult position because they, uh, the one they they love to see back of him, they've um, been increasingly unhappy with him, especially since the U.S. forces withdrew in 2011. But the real fear, if they push too hard, if they really try and push hard to get Maliki out, they could um, orchestrate a bit of a backlash against themselves, and Maliki will just dig in his heels. And strategically, the risk is that would push him even closer towards Iran if the U.S. is very lobbying hard to get rid of him. So and the U.S. has made it clear that it wants to see some kind of political reconciliation and wants to see him reach out to the Sunnis and the Kurds more, uh, but it can't openly lobby against Maliki at this stage, especially in the middle of a crisis like this. Jeff, can you give us a sense of the current debate within the Obama administration about how and when to intervene militarily? Well, there's an aircraft carrier in the Gulf and a couple of destroyers and cruisers. So they have lots of assets in place that they do decide to take military action. But at the moment, it seems that no actual decision has been made. And there are two kind of really big issues, I think, for the U.S. at the moment. One is just a sort of practical concern about intelligence. I mean, even if the president decided to take military action, it's not at all clear that they actually have the kind of information that they would need to really launch airstrikes. Now, even if you want to launch drone strikes, which are supposedly you know, much more clinical and targeted kinds of weapons, you often do need people on the ground to make sure that you're targeting exactly the right people. In a battle like the ones emerging at the moment, that's very hard because essentially you have Sunni militias are driving around and pickup trucks. We also have some Shia militias are also driving around in the same kinds of <clears throat> the same kinds of vehicles, and so it's very hard to decide who are the, the people you're supposed to be targeting. And then more broadly, I think the other difficulty is the shape of the battle, the way it's developing. If you saw a very, very decisive ISIS push towards Baghdad, then it is possible to imagine the U.S. would try and intervene quite quickly. But if you get a kind of stalemate whereby ISIS is doing very well in the northwest of the country but isn't really getting into Shia areas, then it becomes much harder for the U.S. because ultimately the point of air power is that you're providing cover so that you know, the army can then take control of the areas that ISIS has taken over. But as Rula mentioned, in the northwest of the country, the army essentially melted away to all the intents and purposes last week. So it's not clear who you would be providing air cover to if you were to intervene in the battle at the moment. So there's no real decisions at the moment, and there's some very difficult, practical, technical issues, even if the U.S. does decide to intervene. ISIS's extraordinary gains have rattled national capitals around the world, but the oil market remains remarkably sanguine, Guy. Even though our Iraq is obviously a big producer and exporter of oil, are, are investors right to be so nonchalant? Well, I think there's just generally a sense that most of Iraqi oil production is concentrated in the south, in these vast fields like Ramela, which are near Basra. And these are so far away from the fighting. They're way to the south of Baghdad as well. So they're quite insulated from the chaos that we've been seeing in the north. And as a result, there's a general confidence that uh, exports won't be affected. They're actually increasing, funnily enough, uh, because Iraq is is expanding its uh, export infrastructure in the south, creating new jetties and sort of mooring bays and stuff that will allow more exports. So actually, perversely enough, the situation is certainly in the short term with Iraqi exports looks pretty good. But everybody is now beginning to scale back their 
targets for production growth because Iraq had very, very ambitious targets. They were basically looking to increase production from about 3.4 million barrels a day at the moment to sort of 4 million barrels a day by the end of the year and essentially in a few years to get to 6 million barrels a day. And those targets are now looking extremely doubtful because companies will just not want to invest in the Iraqi oil industry with all this uh, chaos and insecurity. If there is an ISIS offensive deeper towards the south, will the all, I mean, you would expect the, the market to react pretty sharply? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, various investment banks have been putting out reports in the last few days modelling what could happen if, for example, the fighting spread to the south. I think one of them was saying that basically if uh, Iraq lost control of its southern oil fields, then you could immediately see a kind of 40 to $50 jump in the oil price. But that scenario is seen as extremely unlikely at the moment. Um, but the fact that people are even talking about it is quite alarming. Ruler, can I come back to you? Um, to what extent is Iran a restraint on Maliki and ultimately will they be the ones who uh, intervene to stop ISIS's advance? Well, first, Iran is the most influential outside power in, in Iraq and its influence extends to current government, Shia militias, but also uh, it is very influential with, with the Kurds. So obviously Iran's role in this is very important. The extent to which Iran wants to be involved here is another question because they must be mindful not to be uh, very overtly engaged in a sectarian war. And so it is paramount for them that ISIS is stopped and in fact, they wouldn't mind if the Americans were to help stop ISIS. But I think they would rather do it without direct intervention in terms of sending troops into Iraq. And Jeff, we've seen the first signs of uh, uh, talks between Washington and Tehran on the crisis in Iraq. How far do you think that rapprochement will go? Well, as you mentioned, there were, there were very brief talks about this this week on the on the sidelines of the ongoing nuclear negotiations between U.S. and uh, Iranian officials discussing Iraq. There are a couple of reasons why uh, the U.S. would want to be very, very careful about getting too close to Iran on this issue. The first thing is, as Rula mentioned, it might actually serve the Iranians quite nicely if the U.S. has to come in and use a lot of air power to try and push back ISIS. But the last thing the U.S. wants is effectively to become a sort of you know, Iranian air force. That's not what they want to do. They don't, that would be serving Iranian interests too much if they just you know, protected the Maliki government uh, without actually um, generating any political reform or political changes. And then the other reason is, of course, that uh, lots of U.S. allies in the region, societies in particular, would be very, very uncomfortable with the U.S. getting too close to Iran over Iraq. So I think it's something where you know, technically they are on the same side and there might be some ways in which they can swap notes and share intelligence and collaborate around the edges, but it, it's un unlikely to see anything much beyond that at this stage. Okay, uh, that's it for this week. My thanks to Jeff Dyer, Rula Khalaf and Guy Chazan. World Weekly is produced by Fiona Simon. Till next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. 
In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.